Okay, you ready? Yes, Adam. We're going to start talking. Welcome to Mastermind in Your Pocket. Today's episode on healthy living. We're going to cover four aspects of healthy living. And you are welcome to call in for live coaching from experts. We love coaching people, so call 713-955-0531. Hi, guys. <laughs> We're getting our Facebook Live feed set up right now. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about dealing with autoimmunity. Um, McCall's an expert on that. And happiness, as like happiness as it pertains to our body. Um, also, how to feed kids well and enjoy your life, too. And finally, we're going to talk about how to adjust your diet gradually and sustainably so that it can be a permanent shift. So, welcome to Mastermind in Your Pocket. And let's introduce ourselves. Yeah, let's introduce ourselves. How's our Facebook Live feed going, Adam? Uh, just about to start. No, keep, no, keep talking. Okay, great. Keep repeating. Okay, so... Welcome to the show, guys. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Here we are. I kind of like the train by fire. Go! Oh, no. This is practice and rehearse. Everything that you need. Hey, guys. We're going to start our show now. Mastermind in your pocket. We're going to be talking about healthy living. We're addressing it from all sorts of different areas. Sorry, I think that's Instagram that's crooked up there. I'll fix it in a second. But uh, we're uh, experts, coaches. Uh, McCall is like the super expert here because she's actually a nutritionalist. I'm the on-the-streets kind of guy. And Heber, why don't you introduce yourself, and then we'll go down the list, and I'll fix that Instagram. Okay. Uh, my name is Andrew Baron. I'm a certified life coach. I coach individuals in uh, in their careers, um, in their goals, um, and in their relationships, so that they can really uh, have what they want to and what they're committed to in their life, whatever lights them up. I'm McCall. I'm a master nutritionist, and I trained in functional medicine. Um, so I'm really excited for today's topic because we get to delve into some deeper health issues that a lot of people don't find answers in conventional and holistic um, medicine field. So that's really exciting. And I also address the emotional component with emotional release mm. and neuroemotional healing. So we get to the root of the trauma and resolve it for good. Amazing. I'm Elizabeth Masurvi, a sign language interpreter certified in the state of Utah and a recently certified life coach. Um, that means that I empower people to achieve the stuff that either they're stuck, not getting, or they think isn't really possible. Yeah, and that's I love empowering families, especially moms. And that's what I do. Great. And Adam's our technical expertise. <sighs> yeah. Hey, and I am. I've done over a thousand videos, mostly about health, wellness, exercise, peace of mind. I have a show called Passion Living with Adam, where we talk about health and exercise and peace of mind. We have experts on the show. We show you different exercises. Uh, episode four isn't out yet, but I actually uh, do silks. You guys don't know that. I actually kind of do silks, and it's really hard. It looks really easy, but it's not, okay? Um, and I'll be sharing about uh, – what am I sharing about? I'm sharing about today uh, how to keep your diet sustainable. 
And who would like to start? Is it McCall first? No, I'm starting. You're starting? Okay. Go ahead, Amber. No, no. you are. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> so I was going to start um, with um, you have a healthy body is a healthy mind. And um, one of the things that I coached in recently was happiness. And what is happiness? So um, your body goes through, uh, physiologically, happiness is the um, production of dopamine in your body. And there are um, effective ways to increase the dopamine in your body. And it's just, you know, uh, one of the things that I point to is when you can figure out, you do more things that are healthy. It's pretty simple when you look at it mathematically, but the more healthy things you do, the healthier you're going to feel. So, um, Wait, you mean happier or healthier? Like the I'm more connecting them. Okay. So typically, typically the same thing. And McCall's going to talk about this a little bit later. But I was directly pointing to uh, to express in the show the things that you can do that increase dopamine. And there's like lists of them. Uh, I encourage everybody to like research dopamine. Because it's typically the, the same things that increase dopamine are things that you should be doing anyway, like exercising and eating healthily. So, um, and there's lists of things. So, and then obviously you want you don't want to do anything that's not doctor recommended. That all of those waivers and everything. Make sure that you're not um, doing something that uh, your body can't tolerate. But um, you know, yoga, exercise, um, nature, sexual activity. Um, all those things increase are activities that increase dopamine. And then there's foods like avocados, almonds, lima beans um, that increase the dopamine in your brain. And that's um, the reason I like to bring that up is because you can actually make a physical impact immediately by taking those things on. They just make you happier. So, and then there are negative things that take away from it, like, you know, drugs and alcohol have been proven to reduce your dopamine receptors, lack of sleep. Um, uh, I can relate to that one. Really yeah. Strongly. Yeah. So they're just, it's like a scale. And um, if you were to, you know, I mean, if you could look at all the things that were productive and you did more things that increased dopamine, you would live a happier lifestyle. So, you know, and obviously drugs and alcohol don't fit in that category. So, <laughs> anyway, I mean, that's, that's what I wanted to share. So. Well, what about the uh, when drugs increase your dopamine levels? Because they do sometimes, right? Certain drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, well, that would depend on your doctor. I mean, if it's a reliance, I mean, that's why they call dope dope, is because it uh, develops the receptors, the mm-hmm. same receptors. So, uh, um, was it opiates? Release the dopamine receptors in your brain. That's actually what you're eliciting when you're on drugs. So that's uh, what they were created for. So um, if your doctor uh, prescribes them to you, obviously you should be taking them. And I'm looking at more of like ways that we can do it naturally. You know, I mean, or you can just go get a prescription for happy drugs if you want. <laughs> so do you do so, um, <laughs> did you say no? Yeah, I was expecting you to say yes. See, I heard yes. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter what you said. I'm going to do everybody. No. Sounds good, doesn't it? Um, so, part of a dopamine uh, deficiency or issue with your dopamine receptors working properly would be addiction. So, that's why you would maybe get addicted to 
um, dopamine producing drugs, whether it was prescribed or otherwise. Um, and so we can actually heal that. So the reason why some of those negative behaviors doesn't work is because it increases dopamine so much, like way more than is actually healthy. And your dopamine and your dopamine receptors are like a lock and a key. So your receptors have to actually be healthy in order to work properly and receive the dopamine. But if you think that you're just hammering dopamine on those receptors, your brain will actually tell the receptor, stop, like hide, go hide, because there's too much dopamine. So then you need more and more and more and more and more to actually produce the same effect, and you're basically just damaging your body's ability to naturally produce dopamine. What, what happens eventually, like if someone was doing ecstasy all the time, or 30 times, or 40 times, what happens to their body after a while? I'm assuming it increases your dopamine levels because of how people talk about it. So they never get they that first hit, by the way. They ne- it's never as good as the first time hmm. because of the mechanism. So basically, you need more, you know, your tolerance decreases over time, not to mention the damaging effects on other parts of your body. So if somebody is struggling with like depression or lack of motivation, you know, they're not happy, um, they have low energy or they have addictions, dopamine is a really great place to look and to take out the things that don't work, you know, the negative behaviors, even video games and like repetitive, you know, stuff that you get just get sucked into, like that's all for dopamine. Um, so, and the dopamine man or the dopamine boy, by the way, is the one who goes in his man cave and isn't very communicative or connected. So there's a lot of impacts to lack of dopamine. Hold and the, the dopamine man? Yes. Say that again. The, the dopamine happy man? Goes no. The not Sorry, the not happy man. So we say that as practitioners. We're like, oh, the dopamine man, right? Because that's how we oh, think of dopamine. So the dopamine boy or the dopamine man, somebody who has issues with that, hides in their man cave or hides in their room or plays video games, like doesn't have connection. Oh, I'm recognizing that in my son. Yeah. So would yes. you say, I mean, uh, I didn't, we didn't talk about this on our call. We have this call every week that we talk about, but that brings up something really important that people have been talking about a lot. Mm. Because what they've been saying a lot of these people that are going out and shooting right. are usually have gone to that point. Mm-hmm. What would you say would be the thing to do if, if someone out there sees their son or their friend or an acquaintance even? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like you have a social responsibility. Yeah. If someone said, reach out to them. If they're secluded, reach out to them and make a difference for them. That yeah. might be the difference of them going, I mean, they used to call it going postal, but yep. going and shooting up a place. And it doesn't mean that everyone's going to do that, but just the humanity for it, it's right, true. for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're saying if people, scientifically, if people mm-hmm. are becoming really extrovert. Introvert. Introvert. Yeah. Isolated. Sorry, isolated. Isolated. Or they like, isolated. you'll notice like people with dopamine issues can show up to a party and just put a smile on. Mm-hmm. But when they go on their, you know, in their own, in the privacy, they're like super depressed and down and even suicidal. What could what could people out there do socially to help that person and help us? Because mm-hmm. you're helping us too. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely reach out. You might have a better answer for that. But be in communication, and there is help available. And oftentimes, you know, we forget that there's a physiology to things. Like you said, like there's a chemical thing going mm-hmm. on. It's not like they want to be that way, but because of the chemicals, they can't even. They don't have perspective. 
They've already lost perspective mm. to get the help that they need because their brain isn't even available for that kind of answer. Um, so yeah, somebody taking a stand and reaching out and connecting and talking to other people so that there can be like a community of support. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I think, yeah, I think this person is dealing with this. What can we yeah. do to support? And does not mean like, hey, I think this guy's going to go shoot up a bunch of people, right? Yeah. But uh, it could be like, hey, we just need to support this person because they need love. Yeah. Right? They need love. Yeah. Right? They yeah. need love. The, yeah, the rest of the world yeah. can't see people in our lives that are hurting. So if when we recognize and notice that people in our lives are eliciting isolationist behavior or depression, it's us that notice it that are the actual access. Mm-hmm. And if we don't know how to notice it, then that's just an awareness issue. But when you do notice and you don't do anything about it, that's part of the problem. Yeah. I mean, so why would you say that we do that? Because we do like, we being people, when we see someone in need, we don't always step up. Mm-hmm. We just kind of walk over it, like we say in the, the other place. We say there, we walk over it. Why do we do that? We know now there's a social, we know even when we don't say it, mm-hmm. there's a social effect to us uh, avoiding stepping over, not wanting to deal with, oh, I don't, you know. I don't have time. I've got a meeting in, in, you know, 15 minutes. I can't deal with your stuff. Go go be depressed or whatever. What, what would you say would be the thing to do to get people to move through that? Well, I would think that the source is a lack of empathy, a lack of social empathy. Because I don't think that, um, I think a lot of the behaviors that we develop over time are, um, have to do with stuff that happens to us when we're kids. And we develop what we call, like, strong suits. And we just try to tough our way through life, through the rat race, um, and everything that we do, you know, we just, we go through life and we develop like a programming, an emotional programming. Um, and it's um, a self-gratification, like it, or a self-serving, right? Like if I want to accomplish a goal, then I'm going to try to push everything out of the way that's going to stop that goal. And if somebody's depressed, it doesn't directly affect me to help that depressed person. At least I don't acknowledge that unless I'm trained to. And there's not, we don't have social training for that. Um, a lot of us don't anyway. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people that are philanthropic and, um, like, and altruistic that go out of their way to do that. Um, so, but that's just not the case for everybody, right? Um, but I think that the root is um, like an underlying social empathy that has been... Um, Scarred, I think is the best way to put it. Like, we're just not trained to do it. I think that, and I think that when we are aware of it, like when we actually get it and we wake up and we can actually see and we're aware, I think most people will actually do something about it. I I believe that that's the human nature. Like, I think that um, the the stuff that we walk over, as you said, we're walking over it because we're not actually aware of it or conscious of it in the moment. Mm. So, I think we don't realize how much of an impact we do have. Like, um, <clears throat> think of the story of Court and Here's a Who. Are you guys familiar, right? So, um, basically, this elephant knows that there's tiny people that live on this dust speck, right? A speck of dust. So that's small, and he can hear them. But everybody else is just like, ah, whatever, it's a speck of dust, whatever. It's insignificant. So down on this little dust speck, all these tiny little creatures, they're called Who's. 
you know, they're like gathering together and they're yelling and they're shouting and they're banging on everything and they're making noise and they're trying to get people to hear them, you know, and the smallest who, he was like this little baby who was just standing in his room, you know, playing, you know, bouncing a yo-yo or whatever. And the mayor goes and he searches the whole town to find, you know, is there somebody that, is there anybody that's not participating? And this tiny little who, he's like, you have to join us. Like every voice counts when it comes to this. Like, even though you're the smallest, like you could have the most significant impact. And, you know, he shouts out his little yop, yop. And it's kind of a cute story. I love it. Um, anyway, so he shouts out yop. And his voice is the voice that made a difference. Like, really, I have it that we're like, oh, somebody else will catch him or their family or their friends or whatever. Like, you know, if I be nice, I don't think I'll save a life right now, you know, but really you could. Mm-hmm. Like, I've heard so many stories where people were on the brink of ending things, you know, and there was that angel person that was just, here, you want lunch or, mm-hmm. you know, like they said something and it kept them going. So I think realizing how much of an impact we do have on other people yeah, and acknowledging I forget, that. I forget that, that, too. Like, I guess I need to hear Because <laughs> yeah. that's one of the reasons why I do the quick shot. Uh, ultra perform videos is because I forgot. I actually forgot because I've been doing it as much because mm-hmm. I've been like, ah, oh, tired of doing these videos. I, I did a couple yesterday, but I've been doing to get to a thousand. You have to do a lot of videos. Sure. Well, and if, if I forgot how much impact it makes because people told me. Yeah. And that's why um, I kept doing it. Yeah. And I forgot. I, got, I actually got in touch because I got into like, well, what about me? I need. More results, and you figure out a new way to do things. Right. But I forgot that those little videos I do have made significant. I mean, someone told me they were contemplating suicide, mm. and because of one of my videos, they stopped. Yeah. So apparently, they were in the process. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think that, um, like on a global level, if you could quantify kindness and the impact on the stock market. Mm. And how it affected it, then people would pay attention. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I think that we all pay attention to certain things and we take certain things for granted. But like for all of the debates that are coming out on like guns or violence or depression, if you really want to get people's attention, talk about what really matters to them. So if what's happening with depression is affecting like the stock market right now, mm-hmm. then those corporations would actually do something about it if it's quantifiable. Like that's one of the one of the ways that I that I try to look at everything. Mm-hmm. If we were a happy nation and everybody was kind, think about how much more productive we would be. Think about like, I mean, it, it could affect everything. You know? so, so that if I could, uh, you can guys take me off track if I'm on this track like too much, but so I like that. It's great. You've heard me talk about landmark and where it got me, mm-hmm. but I've, I felt like it didn't work in the world. Mm-hmm. I almost feel that if we're too kind, we're so kind, someone will come out and take advantage of that kindness. I think that's why we're not kind, as kind as we are, is because we have been taken advantage. Mm-hmm. That's what I was talking about in the strong suits. Like we develop a thicker skin because of abuse or because of. Um, bullying or whatever that's that is the, the thick skin so you become so thick-skinned 
that your children or your siblings are suffering from depression and you can't even see it because yeah. it, we don't we don't you're see, numb to it. Yeah, you're numb, you're to, numb it. to it. We don't it's see the, we don't see kindness as a solution to anything mm. anymore. So, like I've had just in my direct family, I've had three suicides in the last two years, wow. and I don't. I didn't know or I wasn't directly affiliated with that person that did that. Like I hadn't had any contact with them in more than a year. So I had no idea about it, but they were directly related to me. So, um, and I don't think it's just suicide. I actually do think it's economic. I think everything has an economic impact. Um, uh, our health, our soil, like those are the things that I'm passionate about. And when we're all happy, I think that we are all productive. I think, we'd enter into a golden age if everybody was eliciting high dopamine. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, naturally, naturally. Naturally. Yeah, yeah. Because you can of course. you just take in stuff and then it's, yeah. you're just feeding the same problem. Yeah. Basically. And I think, what was it? Cold showers yep. increased dopamine by like 200 something percent. Cold Maybe. showers? Cold showers. Yeah. So you hop in the shower, turn it on cold, and yeah. that response. Like I, I, I encourage everybody to research dopamine because it's it's almost every one of the methods are scientifically proven. There's only a couple of them that they kind of speculate on. Mm-hmm. But when you look at like actual dopamine research and how you can uh, like dramatically affect it naturally, it's all within everybody's reach. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And the only the other pieces I would add is if people are dealing with those things. And that's not working, definitely be in communication because there's a lot of hidden, I guess, secrets um, that are totally scientifically proven nowadays. But the regular doctor, you're just not going to hear that from them. So mm-hmm. serotonin is a happiness a neurotransmitter and dopamine is. 90% of serotonin is made in your digestive tract. So no herb, no supplement for your brain, no medication or antidepressant going to solve that problem. It's just going to mess with the receptors and how they work. So dopamine 50% is in your gut. So, you know, there's deeper things going on that we can actually figure out what neurotransmitter it is you need so we can help navigate whether you do need a medication, if it will work, and how to basically um, solve that long-term so you're not dependent upon this. And I've been depressed before, and it's not fun. It's not a fun game to play, and it doesn't even seem like a game. So finding your way out of it is like, it's really practical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And you probably aren't going to feel motivated to take action because that's part of it. But yeah, do anyway. That just, is part of it. Just get yeah. that it can get better and you do it every day. I like do it in my sleep. So it is possible to feel better, feel motivated, enjoy what you're up to, get over addictions. And it can be easy when your brain supports you. Well, I want to hear more about that. So why don't you tell us more about it? What you do, Nicole? Um, so I'm going to focus today on autoimmunity, but functional um, nutrition is really awesome. Um, Could I jump in there just one second? Okay, yeah, sure. If you guys have any questions or comments, you can call us at 713-955-0531. It's down below on the comment section. And also you can make a comment on the Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or Twitter I'm faster on the Facebook, but I'll keep an eye on it. So if you see me getting up and taking a look at Instagram, that's what I'm doing today. So go ahead. I just want people to know Perfect. that they can just Yeah, and if you guys in. have health conditions or matters of your life that you want coaching, definitely let us know. Um, 
So functional, the functional model is distinct from conventional and holistic. So a little background about that. Um, conventional medicine seeks to diagnose disease. We're not going to sit here and bash doctors <laughs> and medical science. Um, there's no point in that. But if you have used conventional medicine and you haven't gotten a clear diagnosis um, or you're, you have and you're on a medication or the treatment isn't working, basically if you still have symptoms, um, it's my belief that your case is not managed properly. So um, a lot of people get sick of conventional medicine for chronic diseases because there's not a lot of symptom resolution with that. Um, and they go into holistic or alternative models. Now, they do pay attention to symptoms. They use all natural approaches. They know your body's all connected. They're not just going to isolate a symptom or isolate like, well, you don't need your gallbladder. You know, it's useless. <laughs> it shouldn't be there. Um, you know, things in a much more holistic way. But unfortunately, um, a lot of people, it's like hit or miss. You try natural remedies, and they work some of the time for some of the people, and nobody really knows why. Like, there's a reason why people think holistic stuff is hogwash. So functional develops out of wanting to fill in what was missing in both of, both of those models. Because in holistic, they may not even run lab tests. They're just throwing out an herb or a natural remedy to see if it'll work, but that's no better than a doctor throwing out a medication and seeing if that will work. So functional, Which is what doctors do. Yes. Yep, and it's inside of their scope of practice. Like, it's totally legal and right that they should do that. That's the model that they've been trained in. Um, and it's how they work with the insurance companies. So just being educated about how that whole system works is power for us as the patients or the consumers. So um, the functional model first seeks to be very grounded in physiology. How does something actually work front to finish? And then identifying what the root cause is. So where in that process is it actually going wrong and why? That's the first thing we do. So a doctor might diagnose you with a condition, and since we're focusing on, a, on autoimmunity, that might be cancer, MS, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, lupus, thyroid disorders, arthritis, um, infertility issues are often autoimmune. So there's IBS. I mean, we can keep going, right? Crohn's. Um, so you get a diagnosis, but that's basically, you know, I ask my clients, okay, well, did they tell you why you have lupus, MS, fibromyalgia, whatever it is, cancer? Oh, no, nobody ever tells me why, right? Mm -hmm. So the diagnosis is only one little piece of the puzzle, and it's not even at the root cause. So that's what we do. What's at the root? And then we can know whatever natural or medical tool is needed to address the root cause, mm -hmm. It works because it's very clear. All the guesswork is taken out. So that's the model. So when we approach autoimmunity, um, nobody usually talks about how the immune system actually works. Um, the immune system is like a teeter-totter. So when one side is overactive, the other side is underactive. So Th1 and Th2. Um, and you guys, if your doctors have not talked to you about Th dominance or Th1 or Th2, or how to regulate autoimmunity, you're missing the entire puzzle. Like that's the game, it's regulating. So our immune system fluctuates all the time, pregnancy, lack of sleep, when we get sick, whatever, and we can always regulate it. So one side's not overproducing, the other side's not underproducing, right? So autoimmunity is just when you can't regulate it. So one side's overactive and one side's underactive, and that's pretty much all it is. 
So the very simple way to go about it is once that teeter-totter is balanced and working, you are symptom-free. Period. Hmm. So can I just be a devil's advocate? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I noticed one of the <clears throat> one of the diagnoses that you mentioned is autoimmune with cancer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so are you proposing that when the auto, when the immune system is balanced, the body will automatically defeat cancer? Um, so we can't make any claims. <laughs> right. The okay. FDA will come after us. <laughs> um, but the pathophysiology of cancer is autoimmune. So you could say that cancer is one symptom of autoimmunity, the underlying mechanism. Okay. And most cancers actually fall under Th2 dominance. We already know, it's been proven in the studies, what teeter-totter shift that typically is. So what I say to people is if you are cancer, if you've ever had cancer, you are autoimmune. And what you want to do is you want to actually figure out how to regulate your immune system so that you don't, it doesn't metastasize, it doesn't come back, or you don't come up with some other autoimmune condition. Does that answer your question in a roundabout way? I think so. So what I'm hearing is like the root cause um, or one of the root things behind cancer is an autoimmunity yes. and an, uh, an immune balance, uh, system imbalance. Yes. And that can be corrected. Yes. Okay, great. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. <laughs> Interesting. Being between the lines. <laughs> um, so, yes, many people have cured their own cancer using natural means and addressed the root cause. Mm-hmm. Um, true, true. So, you want to find out what your TH dominance is, and you want to find a practitioner that knows what the heck you're talking about. Um, and then there's three steps um, finding what triggers you have. So, every autoimmune individual has certain triggers. Um, what I find most commonly is there's food sensitivities, because if your body is attacking part of itself, it's lost tolerance probably to foods to the environment, right? You're like mm-hmm. reacting to things, mm-hmm. like allergies. Um, usually it's not an actual allergy, so we have to test the other categories of reactions, like mood sensitivities and intolerances. Like, so like when you say other stuff than natural, what, what are you talking about? Uh, remind me what you're... <laughs> clarify what you're saying. Well, didn't you just say you have to test uh, allergies? Well, sometimes is not natural? Mm-hmm. From natural things? It can, yes, it can be to natural things. So we know like hydrogenated fats are bad for you. But for autoimmune individuals, it's a totally different game because I could be reacting to my spinach hmm. or the carrot or meat or it could be anything that I'm exposed to because my immune system has lost tolerance to my own body. Like I'm destroying a part of my body because it thinks it's foreign. Nonetheless, you know, things that we shouldn't react to like healthy foods. So it really can be even natural things, cosmetics and personal care products, I mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do want to test. There are seven different categories of, um, I could talk about this forever, so if you want to keep me on target, that's fine. But um, there's actually seven different categories of reactions that you can have. Most doctors only test one, which is IgE. That's the, al- that's the only medically defined allergy. Okay? So we actually want to look at all the other types. Your doctor doesn't say that there's seven different categories. You probably should call somebody functional um, because there's other reactions that you could have, and your lab tests for allergies could show that you don't have any, mm. but that's not true. 
So um, triggers, um, another one would be toxicity. So a gentle detox would help. And if you have heavy metals or you're exposed to a lot of environmental toxins, that would be something that would trigger. My, um, I am triggered by, um, it's a chemical that's most often used in perfumes like synthetic scents and oil-based products like gasoline and car exhaust. So I have to actually support myself when I, I have to minimize car exhaust exposure and I have to support myself when I'm like in the city. Um, what would another trigger be? Um, almost everybody that has chronic autoimmunity has hidden infections. So that's, you know, bacteria and yeast and parasites often just lingering in the gut. Mm. So I almost always put somebody on like an anti-infectious, you know, group of herbs or a protocol. Um, stress and emotion, like you can't overstep that. That's a huge trigger for the immune system. Um, so past trauma oftentimes I find is directly linked to the start or the onset mm. of autoimmunity. Yeah. Yep, yep. And um, <clears throat> so resolving that is huge. How do you resolve like stress? Like I'm talking about me right now. But uh, how do you resolve stress that you can't get away from? So what I do um, is I actually do emotional release. So I teach my clients how to muscle test themselves and mm -hmm. identify stored emotions. So when you think about what is stress, it's a very vague concept, but um, it's actually something. If you think about what do I feel when I'm stressed, well, it's anxiety, overwhelm, sadness, you know, frustration. There's some actual emotional component to it. So um, a lot of what we feel today as emotional triggers are from past-based events that we just stored those emotions. So it's kind of like Pavlov's dog when we're exposed to a similar situation. Boom, the body knows exactly what response to have, and it just goes to that response. So releasing the emotions actually helps your body process that. And um, it really puts you from a stressed state, a fight or flight, sympathetic nervous system, you know, state to parasympathetic, which is resting and digesting. So you can't be stressed when your parasympathetic is very high. So is that something that I can do on my own or does that need a professional emotional release? Um, you can totally do it on your own. Um, I teach people how gotcha. so that they can manage that forever. Cool. Um, and there's a lot of different techniques. Um, EFT is a good technique. It doesn't release the emotion, but it helps you process it in the moment. What, what's EFT? Emotional freedom technique. So they use tapping on certain pressure points. The tapping. Mm -hmm. I don't like it um, <laughs> I don't like it too much either. Um, it's good. The emotion code. Um, there's a book for the layperson. Um, the doctor talks about energy a lot, so you have to kind of get over his language if you're really science-minded. Um, but it is a very scientific technique, and you can learn to release emotions. Well, I, if I could jump in there and say uh -huh. um, energy is scientifically proven. Absolutely. All that's being proven regularly. It just hasn't caught up to the social yep. uh, stigma of it. Totally. Right? I mean, you have pockets, right? Um, of people, and you have people that are completely that one way, or people that are like, ah, you know, just, just pay me, it's uh, stock. I'm not saying you're live that way, but it's just about economic point of view. But it's kind of like the whole flat earth theory. What's up? Well, dirt's round, right? Sure. 
<laughs> so anyway, <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so what, when I did my research, I was like, well, if it's true on an energy level, according to physics, right, it's true on a chemical level, like on a cellular, you know, molecular level, and it's true. Like, it absolutely is true. So um, then support. So let's talk about that. Um, the most common support almost everybody needs is regulatory support. So regardless of what your dominance is, you're, you want to learn how to regulate it so that you're helping whatever dominance you have come back to balance. So regulate means balance. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yep. So probiotics, vitamin D is huge. Most people have not enough vitamin D. Get it tested. Um, make sure you're on a good vitamin D that's absorbable. Whole foods is best. Um, and um, turmeric and fish oil and omegas. When you say whole food, you don't actually mean the brand whole foods. You mean a whole food vitamin supplement. Yep. So she means a whole food. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Well, it's okay. We can talk about whole foods all day, but um, she's not talking about the brand whole foods, the the store. She's talking about an actual whole food, uh, you're talking about vitamins, Mm -hmm. right? Whole food vitamin that actually has the nutrients from foods yep. as opposed to synthetics or isolated. Yeah. yeah. So if you take isolated nutrients, which sometimes some autoimmune people are so sensitive, they can't take whole foods, but we still provide remedies that contain other nutrients. Mm. So your body can't utilize just vitamin D because in nature, it's always found in a variety of nutrients that help you absorb and utilize and whatever. So if you take an isolated nutrient that strips, that actually pulls those nutrients from the source of your body, so it can deplete your body of other nutrients versus if you're giving your body the whole array from whole foods, everything that would be, you know, that you would take from a food, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't have to pull it from storage. Um, so there are some common supplements that I mentioned, like omegas and vitamin D and all of that good stuff. Um, you would also want to know which side of the teeter-totter to balance. So if you do research on this, you'll find that if you're TH1 dominant, which means you have a low TH2, green tea and acai and certain antioxidants would help stimulate that. But you wouldn't want to ever take things like lemon balm or echinacea or golden seal that like boost your immune system. Don't ever do that because it's going to cause you to attack your body. Likewise, so for me, lemon balm is a TH1 stimulant. Because that for me always goes slow. And lemon balm is like my cure. Would have never known it, but it's a pH stimulant. I echinacea is too much of a stimulant for me. So I just figured out what of the pH one stimulants was for me. He's the opposite. He actually um, is pH one dominant. And his support, the XFLM, has all sorts of tons of different stimulants for pH two. I can only take one stimulant. He needs all of them. Um, so anyway, it's different for every person who has autoimmunity. Not a competition. Um, <laughs> better, no. um, <laughs> well, you felt like you had to say that, huh? Yeah. You felt like you had to say that. You made it a competition. <laughs> okay, good point. Um, so anyway, so it kind of can seem, you know, like a lot of clues, but if you there's some great articles and resources if you just look up pH dominance and autoimmunity, TH1 and TH2, and educate yourself. There are certain lab tests that your doctor can run, like CD4, CD8 ratio, mm-hmm. and that would help you tell, you know, what dominance you were. 
um, and what support you need. So that's what we look at. You can do different challenges, you know, challenge TH1, see how you feel, challenge TH2, mm. see how you feel. Um, what I typically start everybody on is a, a protocol for leaky gut. So whenever you have autoimmunity, your gut becomes leaky. And that's why you develop food sensitivities because mm. undigested foods get into your blood and they're not supposed to. They're too big. They're not digested. It's not a vitamin or mineral. So your body's like foreign. So then the next time you eat that food, foreign, right? So um, we want to heal the gut and L-glutamine, aloe vera, um, deglycerinized licorice roots, like those things are really good for that. Um, and, you know, I do something for anti-infection. I do an elimination diet. I hope you're writing all this down. An elimination <laughs> diet to identify what foods you're reacting to. Yeah. You pull foods out and then for three weeks and then you challenge them one at a time. And usually you can tell a huge difference just from that. So, um, yeah, those are some of my best tips and places to start. And if you guys need additional support, there's practitioners that could do this in their sleep. I know. Hundreds. But you're the best. But I'm the best. <laughs> I'm really good at what I do. So whatever it is that you're you're dealing with, if you think it's not manageable, you may not be right about that. Yeah, so if you guys still have symptoms and you're autoimmune, your case is not managed properly. Period. So email me at info at integritywellness.org. I give a free consult. I'll review your entire case. Um, lab work, all of it for free, and then we can just talk about um, what the missing pieces are, if anything, and set you up on a lifelong management plan. So my goal is that I work myself out of a job because I want you to be empowered to manage this forever. You should not need a practitioner to think for you. You should know your body that well, and that my clients do. They know all their triggers. They know what support they need. They know how to maintain it, and if anything happens and they get flared up in the future, they know more than a medical doctor does about their own case, and they can figure it out. So sweet. Cool. Thanks for letting me say that. It makes a difference. Elizabeth, tell us about children. Okay, so yeah. what I'm dealing with today. Let me do, let me do that again. Elizabeth, tell us about children. <laughs> okay, I want to share about how to feed kids well and enjoy your life too. So, so starting with. Um, if you, I just want to start with a disclaimer, which is some kids have texture problems. Like some kids actually need an expert. So I want to speak to most people and give you generic advice. But first, the thing is, if you've already tried, like if you're pulling your hair out or crying over this, probably get an expert. That's not me. I'm not, you know, call, email a call. But um, if, if you just want your kids to eat healthier, great. But if you're having, you know, a lot of frustration or, you're, or it's impacting your relationship with your kid, consider that they might actually have something that needs a professional. Okay? So that disclaimer said, um, what I want to come from is um, every family is unique and also your goals. So you might think, I just want my kids to not have refined sugar. Or maybe you're thinking, I want carbs cut out for the whole family. Or maybe you're like, I just want to go organic vegetables when we have vegetables. So really depending on your goal is what's going to guide what would make the difference. Okay. 
empowering that is look just you want to take stock of so if you want to have a change in lifestyle take stock of where you're at like notice or write down like capture on some kind of form paper electronic what you're already doing rather than what's in your head about it like oh we never eat vegetables well we actually eat vegetables three times a week like so take stock for a week of what you're actually eating and then get specific about and you can do this before you take stock get specific about what you actually want right you want your kid to lose 15 pounds or do you just want to have vegetables twice a day? Like, get specific about what you actually want to do. After you do that, you can set goals that work. So your goal needs to be feasible. Like, is this going to take 30 more minutes a week of planning? Or is this going to take an hour of internet research to, like, figure out how to, you know, what kinds of foods I can eat when I'm not eating carbs? And a couple hours of finding recipes that look delicious. And then put that on a spreadsheet for the month, which is what I do because that works for me. Or call Elizabeth. Yeah, or, yeah. Totally, right? So I can totally you coach you. Spreadsheet, spreadsheet the crap out of it. <laughs> um, only if that's what's needed. Only if that's what's needed. Which is always. No. <laughs> <laughs> it has empowered our group sometimes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just give me a crap. Anyways, just give me a crap. I know. Well, what I'm saying is that she's very meticulous and organized, and that's actually yes, a good thing. I am very organized. I'm giving her crap, but it's actually a good thing. I want so, you guys to get that. If you need more organization in your life, she's going to do it for you. She's going to help I'll you. I'll empower you to do it. She'll, actually, be, so you have she'll be creating forever. a spreadsheet just as you're talking on the phone, and you're going to be set. Well, hold on. So what I want well, to point thing. to, it's a good thing. but what I want to point to about that is I, the clients that I coach, I've only coached two, and neither of them needed a spreadsheet. So oh, I good. only kept a spreadsheet for my information, and oh, that good. wasn't what their life needed. So I'm not going to push spreadsheets on you. <laughs> That's only I'm not trying needed. to scare anyone. I'm trying to draw. Yeah, it's, it's a little person. scary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, your goal needs to be very specific, and then you need to start putting it in the calendar. So look at what steps is it actually going to take to cut out. Like a good friend of mine had two children that were allergic to eggs, gluten and dairy. If you wanted to find out if that's what your kid's reacting to and you just want to pull those out of your diet, it's going to take a little time and that's all it's going to take, time and work, right? So get specific, then write down every task, right? You know, this is just basic goal setting. Write down each task, how much time is it going to take and then just put it in your calendar and just be okay with it. It's not going to happen tomorrow. It might be the end of next month when everything could have happened that you want to have happen. And if you do it by next month, you'll actually have done it, right? So don't worry or stress if it doesn't happen tomorrow. Okay, so that's basic goal setting for what you specifically want. Now let me give you some generic advice. <laughs> um, not that I necessarily feel qualified. I have five children, ages four to 15, and um, my four-year-old will eat a green salad. So I'm pretty proud of that. My seven-year-old literally had tomatoes at the top of her Christmas wish list. I don't like to wow. include some food, but for her, it's like tomatoes are it. And yeah, right? So, so here's what I would say generically, which may not address your goals, and it may. So here's help for parents. So exposure over time is the key to kids being willing to eat other stuff. If you want them to eat something other than what they're eating, you also need to be willing to eat it, of course. And I recommend picking foods that taste good and foods you haven't had before. So when you're menu planning, if you're not menu planning, start menu planning if you want your kids to eat better, okay? Um, and include foods that you're like, oh, you know what? Um, I've never made hummus before. 
it's, it's, by the way, hummus is fantastic and it's easy to make if you have Vitamix um, quickly. So it's super easy and expensive and healthy. Or um, a good food processor. Yeah, anything that could really crush the garbanzo beans. So that's why I say Vitamix. It doesn't have to be a Vitamix, right? Um, I good. know if I could, I make, I make blends all the time. I post them on Instagram. I bought three Cuisinarts years ago, eight years ago. And I, they've died over the years, but I have one left. I did it for a booth, and the Cuisinart does great. Yeah. You just What I've learned is that if you put enough water in it, it will be able to move and mix it enough that you can get it almost as good as a Vitamix. And they were $75 each. So you can <laughs> so buy a high-end one. Yeah, that may be way more reasonable. Yeah, right. you can buy a high-end one, but you don't need the three $500 one if you don't want to do that, right? And those machines are great. Blendtec and Vitamix are wonderful machines, but okay, so you don't have to have it. Yeah. Great. You can buy a bullet. You can do different. There's different yes, things you can do. Can okay, you pause and talk a little bit about menu planning? So that's like a word. You know, it's like a trigger word for a lot of people because they're like, I don't know what that means and how much time it takes and I already don't want to do it. So can you just talk about how to make that approachable and like simple? Totally. Thanks for bringing that up. So what I mean by menu plan is um, write down like on a piece of paper, you know, make one column that's like M for Monday, T, W, R, F, like make a week little acronyms. And then on the other side, you're going to write down what you're going to make for dinner that night thinking through or maybe even looking at your schedule going like on Monday we need to have this on Tuesday I could actually try a new recipe and it could be this on Wednesday I'm going to put a crock pot on with this so that's what I mean by menu planning is just writing down it could be five minutes that's yeah. what I hear now I'm like it, it could be five minutes totally and you don't even have to assign it to a day what I like to do is sometimes think what do I have left in the fridge that needs to be eaten and I'll make a list of seven to ten meals and then as I go through the week I'm like what do I have time for today this up, or if I have something that's imminent, that's cool. I have to make this tonight, or I'm gonna have to throw it away, like that. So either way, it's really and it flexible. Could, and it could be, I, know I was giving her a lot of crap about the spreadsheet, but it could be just casual on a on a sheet that you have on the. I really right like Google the, Sheets. The, oh yeah, on the no, spreadsheet, I mean, a piece of paper. paper. I'm yeah. gonna take people away from yeah. the spreadsheet. <laughs> well, you could go either way too, but. You can just be quick and throw it on the, on the yep. front of the fridge. Yes. And Many it. times have we had a handwritten sketch of seven meals on the fridge. But it's um, way easier. Um, it's way less stressful if you have a plan. Right. Like, you have to have a plan to eat well. I'm just yeah. telling you that now. I mean, I don't know any other way to do it. It's not that you have but to. But it takes all the guesswork out of it. So right. if you're ever hungry, if you're like me, like I don't. If you're you ever hungry? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Never hungry, right. you're not planning. Like I go throughout yeah. my day, and I'm so not. Sure. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to eat? But it's not because I don't meal plan. If you consider that it only takes about like twenty. <laughs> I rolled my eyes. Twenty to thirty minutes. <laughs> if it only it only takes twenty to thirty minutes a week to actually plan out the whole week, and yeah. I never do it. I know it's the worst. Well, what I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, can I share what I yes. do? So we're on a budget, okay? So I'm sh I go to the store and I shop for the entire week, and I'm shopping budget. And I know that once I get home, I'm not necessarily like thinking of recipes, but I'm like, these are the vegetables we typically use, you know, these are the stuff on sale, blah, 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 blah. And then I come home and we try to, um, I don't have my whole week planned, but I could, I, I'll try not. Um, but I, when I cook, I cook a bunch at once so that I've got like that day and some leftovers, yes. you know, and so I yes. like basically cooking bulk so that whatever time I'm spending like an hour, I've just made like five to eight meals. 
Yeah. Um, and that's what works. And then in the yeah. morning, I kind of have the plan for the day. So, anyway, so what Nicole's pointing to is there are there's actually whole tutorials and what tons of websites on bulk cooking ahead of time. But back to just eating well. So I'll wrap yeah. this up really quick. So, um, give your kids little tastes of new things over time. So if you want them to eat green salads, make sure that they're tasting a green salad at least five days a week. And I mean like literally a tablespoon. Mm. And you can try different dressings. And I don't force it. Do not because, you know, if when kids are forced, they'll eat it and then they'll hate it forever. So don't do that. <laughs> Offer mm. it. And then as you offer it over time, especially with an incentive, like whoever tried all the foods tonight is who gets the dessert or whoever tried all the foods tonight gets five minutes later bedtime or whatever, you know, incentive is appropriate for your family. Yeah. But yeah, that's how my kids will eat. You know, my four-year-old tried Korean barbecue and he, he actually turned to his brother who's 10 and he's like, you know, this sauce is mind blowing. And I was like, what well, did he just say that? And I was getting excited and he's like, if you eat it, your mind will explode. Like it's too hot for it. <laughs> What's yeah. cool about that is um, <laughs> it takes seven times for you to taste something before your taste buds actually start to change. So you don't taste with your tongue, you taste with your brain. So I love what you just said because a lot of people are like, oh, I don't like that. I'm like, you have to at least try it seven times for your taste buds <laughs> to start liking it. And a lot of people that go on these cleanses, they try their old food again. They're like, that wasn't even that good. Right. That pizza yeah. wasn't even worth right. it, you know, yeah. because your taste buds yeah. change yeah. depending upon what you would give an exposure to. It's such brilliant. I still like pizza. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I wanted to share about how you could adjust your diet. What did we call it yesterday? What was the name we called it? Lifestyle. Eating lifestyle. Change. Eating lifestyle. Anyway, having, yeah, maybe eating lifestyle. Do you remember? We were like bonding about she was it. taking notes. Yeah. Eating lifestyle. <laughs> eating lifestyle. So how to get your eating lifestyle in uh, in shape and order? Uh, what I say is you gradually change it. You don't make a sudden drop. I think it's really socially. It's gone around socially that you need to have a ripped body. You need to eat perfectly tomorrow. And you need to, uh, no offense to what you guys no, saying, yeah. if this works for you, do it. Yeah. But I'm in a different. If you have a medical. I'm in a different. different medical yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, but uh, uh, you don't need to plan all your meals. You don't need to prep all your food for the week. Um, what I do is that, what, what I tell my clients is that you gradually make the change. We find, we look over your diet. We start looking over your diet and seeing what are you eating Right. First of all, let's see what the problems are, because usually it's a weight loss thing. Right. We're looking at what to do to lose weight or be in better shape. And they don't always go hand in hand. But a lot of time they do, but usually people want to lose weight. So we look over their, their diet, see what they're eating. And then we start taking things out. Like if you're drinking 100 ounces of Diet Coke a day, we're probably going to address that. So we're going to start reducing it. We're so used to it. Uh, you're so trained to it. Your synapse structures in your mind have actually built a habit. You have this habit of having, you know, Coke every breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it can be Coke, not Diet Coke, whatever it is. Um, so we start reducing that. Over time, over the weeks, you start actually building the habit and the pattern 
to be able to adjust that you're not into that Diet Coke anymore and you, and you let it go. And if you don't like, like uh, a lot of times I make these green shakes and a lot of times people will comment, oh my God, it's green. And green's not <laughs> a bad thing, really. And when you do it the way I do, you throw in something sweet like an apple or strawberries or something, it completely changes the taste and you can start really enjoying it. It tastes good, actually. It's kale with an apple, but it has other things too, but it actually tastes uh, good. It's sweet. Every time I make one, people look at it. They have that same reaction. Oh, it's green. <laughs> well, they just try it. They taste it like, oh, it's not so bad. Yeah. And all we did was put an apple in. Um, always go organic because it's been proven scientifically that organic foods have more vitamins and nutrients than conventional. It tastes better, too. And it will. It tastes better. I think it will. I didn't realize what she was saying, but it tastes better. Uh, not always to people because, like, if I taste an egg that's not uh, mm. uh, organic, uh, cage-free, I actually notice. I'm like, what? This yeah. tastes different. I carrots, but you'll eat organic carrots. <laughs> it's the strangest thing. I put them in the she'll eat an organic carrot. The conventional, she's like, what's this? <laughs> So I don't know, but whatever she's sniffing doesn't work for her. So slowly over time, change your diet and just stick to it. Look at it as a lifestyle goal as opposed to doing it for your wedding or doing it for uh, whatever you're doing, uh, that summer vacation, whatever you're doing. It's good to have goals, but make your goal your life, not the moment. Because really... Yeah, not the event, not the moment, because once that's passed, what's going to keep you to it, right? Unless you're very, very disciplined, which most people aren't super disciplined like that. They're going to let go. Well, the wedding's over, so now I can get fat. And that's not going to go well for anything, right? Can I say there's a, there's a damaging no. impact to that? Yes. Um, when you yo-yo diet, so here's what happens. If you don't make a gradual change or you don't detox or you don't lose weight properly and over time, like sustainably, I should say, because um, you can lose it quick if, it, if you do it right. But you shrink the fat cells, mm-hmm. but if you do a yo-yo diet, you the um, toxins because your fat stores toxins and hormones. So then it super concentrates, mm-hmm. right, the toxins and the excess hormones and all of that in the cell because the fat was your buffer. So when a cell gets super concentrated, the amount of fat that it can hold increases even more than before. So that means when you shrink down, but it's just short term and you gain weight, you're going to gain and then you shrink down, you're going to gain more weight than before. And it's harder to Mm -hmm. lose weight each time because you lose muscle as well. Mm-hmm. So you're losing your metabolism and then you're gaining all fat and then you're losing your metabolism and gaining all fat. And so like they, I don't know. So don't do that. Do yeah. that I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So like what uh, you were saying, like I'm the guy in the streets. I see that when I notice people get older, they get stuck in a body type they never wanted to or needed to mm-hmm. be in. And they've like, you can see it. You can see people in their, 40s and 50s, they've settled into their size. They've given up hope. Mm. 
Um, but you, you still don't have to at that point either. You just have to adjust your diet and do it reasonably. And when you break you break down and do something that, like you, uh, last week, I did it. I've been eating really, really good. I offered you chips, and I had a box of fudge sticks. Love those fudge sticks. <laughs> oh, it's my favorite cookie. And but we I were all them. good. <laughs> and I was trying to get rid of them, so I didn't eat them all. And I ate them all over two and a half days. <laughs> but that was my uh, that was my breakdown week, I call it, because I've eaten stuff all week. And it's probably because my dad was in the hospital and all that stuff. I'm like, ah, sugar, sugar. <laughs> now it's really easy for me to eat sugar again. But before that, I didn't. But the whole point is that it's okay. I ate all that stuff. It's all right. Mm-hmm. I can start again tomorrow. You have to make sure tomorrow you don't postpone for 10 years. But you're, you start again tomorrow and you just start fresh. Okay, I go back to the diet. Because that wasn't like some big long thing I have to start gradually taking stuff out again. I already did that. I had a breakdown. And start your way uh, just slowly. Um, Don't make it significant. significant. Oh, yeah, your breakdown. Start your way back slowly. But just remember, in closing up, to reduce the things you're eating in your diet and make it a lifestyle goal. But make it your lifestyle. I don't even want to use the word goal. Make it your lifestyle. Because you don't want to make it a goal that's not that might you might perceive as too far or something you have to get to. Just start doing it. And eventually, in a few months, you'll be eating exactly the way you want to, and you'll be enjoying it. And you do the same thing with exercise. You, If you don't exercise at all, walk around your block. Walk around two blocks. Keep increasing the level of uh difficulty for yourself, but start somewhere. If it's not even around the block, go down the street and come back, you know. Or you can go down the street and stay there, but have someone <laughs> pick you up and then go out to your event. I mean, look, even that, even starting taking the stairs or walking around, whatever. You know, I try to take the stairs wherever I go. Um, and if you injure yourself, just back off of it and start over again. But just start somewhere and work your way up. And I say that with everything. And that's all the time we have. If you guys want to work with us or find out more, we all give a free hour of coaching, consulting. Uh, you'll definitely get value and results. And just to reiterate what we do and how to reach us, Heber, if you'll do that. Uh, Heber LeBaron, you can personal message me um, on Facebook. Um, on my personal page, or you can go to Prosperity Life Coaching. And remember um, a quote from one of my mentors, whatever game you're playing in life, you're winning. My name is McCall, um, and you can email me at info at integritywellness.org or private message me as well. Elizabeth Masurvey and elizabeththeinterpreter.com. You can book online. I do, my name is Adam Tajdeen. I do health coaching and consulting for my clients to make sure you stay accountable to your goals. And I also do marketing uh, coaching, which has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but there you go. Marketing, plans, and consulting. Uh, Richard uh, Condor had a comment. He said, I keep a weekly menu in my fridge as a guide, and it helps. I cook a lot. It also helps for when... Uh, he has Olympic athletes stay with him, and they can write diet restrictions and preferences also. 
Cool. So he, he said we're spot on, by the way. Cool. And that's from watching Thanks. Olympians do it. And that makes the biggest difference. Uh, tune in for our next show, Tuesdays at noon. And uh, it's Mastermind in Your Pocket, where we have experts that talk about uh, what's important to you, marketing, health, sales uh, is our main uh, premise in what we talk about. And what is our next show? Um, Those are quite different (laughs) things. Quite different things. Tune in to our next show. Over the next two shows, we're going to cover death and sex, one and then the other. So So if you don't have enough sex, you'll die. And if you're dead, you can't have any more sex. Okay. But but keep in mind our next show, Tuesday at 12 o'clock. Thank you guys for watching and listening to Mastermind in Your Pocket. See you guys later. It'll take a second to close all these out. So thank you guys for watching YouTube world and Facebook world. See you later. Make sure you keep it on the All right. Hey guys, it's closing up. So you just have to back out of it. Yeah. He already ended it. He ended it. Oh, okay. Cool. I saw that. Okay. See you guys in Instagram world. I really stopped it. I guess the most you could do a live show in one hour. Pretty cool. And that was muted. Right? I need to stop the show. Anyways, it's dead space. So make sure you stop it here when you do it.